What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, this is kind of an impromptu Monday uh, live stream. I got, I'm happy to have uh, Ron Entree Courier with me. Um, you guys might have seen Ron on here before. Maybe you've seen, or maybe you listened to his podcast. Either way, um, thank you for joining us today because I did say on the 13 minutes of news this weekend that I wanted to talk this week about all these different things because, as far as I know, still, um, uh may is the effective date for the rule change that's just one thing for the rule change to go into effect because i know that i don't know ron if you saw this but um welcome by the way good to see you (laughs) (laughs) but um kim cavin and karen anderson are two of the six people testifying on wednesday in washington against the federal rule change Mm mm-hmm I don't know if you saw that. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm just, I'm always yeah. impressed by those ladies. <laughs> the respect just even for what they do and the work they put in. Um, so kind of excited to see what happens there. But um, yeah, so there's, there's all these changes going on. I know you and I were just briefly touching on Connecticut, but I mean, we really should talk about uh, this Colorado thing because, you know, I've had Stephanie on twice now mm-hmm. um, and we've talked to Stephanie V Hill um, she is a uh, House seat member for the Colorado House of Representatives, and she is out of district. I can't remember the number, but it's Colorado Springs South, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, she won that seat and she's come out here and she has a bill with another um, House member and they have it sponsored by a, a, a senator already to, as well. Um, and so it's moving along. I checked today and I think Ron checked today and there is no status update for, uh, either a vote in the house or Senate on it yet. But, um, I think Ron mentioned something to me that I find very interesting about this. Uh, were were you calling it campaigning or advertising or let me let you throw that one out there and maybe we'll kind of go from there. Well, yeah, I've noticed that, uh, a couple of people on, uh, Facebook groups, have mentioned that uh, they're getting phone calls from DoorDash um, asking them to write to their representatives and ask them to reconsider this because, and I think the way the language went, it was something along the lines of, you know, we feel like this could hurt our ability to earn or something like that. And, yeah. uh, and I'm like, how would it do that? But anyway, it, it would hurt it would hurt DoorDash's ability to manipulate, but I don't think it hurts the dashers. So here's, here's where I stand with this. Maybe cause I know you and I align on some union stuff. So here's where I stand with this, this bill on its own 
great. You know, I mean, transparency and um, and the right to to argue a wrongful deactivation. Okay, mm-hmm. great. But I like I was telling you yesterday, there's loopholes. Admittedly, even by Stephanie, there's loopholes. Um, or there's the one where I, I just mentioned it like, hey, this this wording seems like it's almost like this one sentence says you're allowed to do everything as you always do it. <laughs> After all the new stuff that they're writing, that we have the ability to transparency and all this, that, and the other, it gives them like an out. It's like I can't remember the exact language, but it's it goes after talking about it all, it goes back to the word estimate where it should have already been finalized in that language that you're already at the total because of what you described. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, basically, and, and if, if nobody knows uh, or hadn't heard your episode earlier and uh, or wasn't familiar with that, you know, this is, this is a, a bit of legislation in, in uh, being introduced here in Colorado that first of all, it, it basically requires two things. So, you know, the first one is, Supposedly, it requires transparency that they can't hide the tips any longer, right? And and the second thing is that it requires um, gig platforms, uh, TNCs, to um, basically provide a little bit of due process that you know they've got to be able to they have to respond to when there's been a deactivation and explain why, and I think even um, have an option for people to appeal that. And and I think there was even language in there that says that goes so far as to say that uh, um, contractors could file a civil suit for wrongful deactivation. And so, um, and personally my feeling, and and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. I'm, I'm kind of like, well, the transparency part, I'm not as worried about. I, you know, I, I figure that I can work around whatever games they play with, with what they want to show me. And, um, so I'm not as worried about that part, but I, I do find myself thinking we definitely need something around this, the way they do, um, deactivations. So I'm in favor of it there, but I do think, like you said, the problem with it is, and I don't know if it was just done in an amateurish way that they didn't right. think language or what, but basically they just said that uh, uh, the language they used said that uh, these companies have to provide an estimate of what you're going to pay. Well, where's the transparency if it's an estimate, especially right. if they know, you know? <laughs> um, and I don't know if, and then, and, well, then it also, for those that don't know this Colorado bill that we're talking about that is has some steam behind it, um, there is a, um, with the estimate, they also say mm-hmm. that, so they're talking about how the driver should see everything and the customer should see everything. This is a two-way thing. Right. And then it gets to the point where it says, but, you know, the, and then there's like a couple sentences about, but the company will only be using an estimate to give these numbers. And then after that, it talks about how there will be a total that will be printed kind of as well. So it's almost like, okay, well, if they give, that's what they do now. They give me an estimate, then they pay me. And then if it wasn't the estimate, then I get the breakdown, but it doesn't help me because that's not what the estimate was. Right. 
Right. So who cares? I mean, if they're just going to take everyone and go, oh, we quoted you 22, it's 19. Sorry. And here's yeah. the breakdown. That this doesn't help me estimate. at all. Yeah. You know, it should be, they should have it that it, I, I would think that you want a little more clarity in your definition of what, what they're going to display. And yeah, so absolutely. it is, you know, that, that it's going to show, you know, to, to the company's knowledge, exactly what the driver's going to get. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, um, and maybe part of the reason, I don't know, I can't, I can't understand why they use such vague language um, unless it's just about getting something passed for the sake of getting something passed. I don't know. You know, the, the, the game sometimes you play in legislature, but I don't get why, why they would use that language Unless it has something to do with the fact that the total amount can change, um, especially if the customer changes their tip, you know, uh, right. with with Uber, especially they can change the tip amount uh, yeah. lately with DoorDash. They can add to the tip and some of the other platforms, you know, and, and, and you know, in, in rideshare. You know, that that's especially fluid. Yeah. You know, the yeah. tipping. I think there's a lot more removing be. than additional, but okay. Right. Especially in rideshare. <laughs> but, you know, and and I've got more problem. I, I'm more inclined to say we should be illegalizing tip baiting yeah. than anything about hidden tips. You know, I mean, so, if, if, how, if, if DoorDash doesn't show what would me. Your, well, how, how would you eliminate tip baiting? I know it's not is this simple, but I have ideas too, so I'm just curious. Uh, it basically it's just as simple as if 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 uh, if they offer you an amount, they have to pay at least that amount. But what? Okay, but I mean, like, what if the service is bad? Like, truly, like, what if there is a horrible experience? Yeah. Um, what I mean is there? See, I'm for a system where if you want to retract a tip, because I coming from the service industry it's hard for me to to fully not appreciate the fact that sure. i mean let's let's face it guys ron and i aren't as young as some of you but we're not old at all right. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but i'm just saying like that. ron will ron will you'll fully understand what i'm saying here being a bartender and a server my tip is fully based on my performance absolutely it's not yeah. done up front and it's fully based on my performance yeah so this isn't like that. And I now get that. I'm I'm okay yeah. with that after all the years. I understand that it's almost like you have to tip to incentivize the driver to want to do this. And I get it better than most customers would because I work these apps. Sure. But well, and I think I think part of that had to, you know, it, um it used to be like with Uber Eats, you could not um you couldn't add your tip when you place the order until about two years ago. You couldn't put anything in? You couldn't put anything in when you placed the order until about two years ago. Right. And then okay. uh, the tipping was always after the fact. But the problem was nobody tipped. So even start of the pandemic, you couldn't put any tip in in the beginning? Um, they made the change, uh, I want to say, late 2019 that okay, they so made the three change. three years and change. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was right before the pandemic that they made that change. And so, yeah, the customer could not add the tip with the order. They had to go back in after the delivery was done to add the tip. 
And Postmates right. was that way. Postmates was always that way until they were bought out by Uber. Right. Um, and, and so that actually, I think with Postmates, you could add the tip with the order, but they just never told the driver, but, right. um, you know, and, and you and I've talked I about the only that. one, the only one doing it right. was Grubhub. Or at least from the, I guess that's from yeah. the driver perspective, different thing, but like you saw everything. So yeah. Transparency. You know, and, um, and, and I think, but you know what, what that was, and I understood that and, and it makes sense to a certain extent, because like you said, you know, when you're, when you're waiting tables or working the bar, they always pay afterwards, but there's another piece to that puzzle in that. And the reason why it never worked that way very well was that people are used to paying the tip when they pay for the service. And and to be honest, that's what I was saying was yeah. I'm coming around. I'm not only am I yeah. coming around, I've come I've come around on that. And I even if let's let's say even if I didn't have a beef with these companies and their base, their low base pays, like their base pay mm -hmm. was better. But you know, whatever, like I would understand the tip still needs to be first because look, we all live in different markets, we all have different yeah. costs of living, gas costs different amounts all the time in every market, and then in our own markets it goes up and down. Um, all kinds of factors where since, and I think you agree with this. I mean, when LA tried that thing where every driver could set their own price, let's just be honest, guys. I mean, like we would all love that. That is the, the argument there was that that's what you need for it to be a true independent contractor. Actually, that's not true at all. You nope. can, uh, you, I've been an independent contractor for a laser company who they send me an offer. That's it. Here yeah. it is. Yeah. Here's your offer. Do you want it? There Same are, way that now again, sorts it's of all, it's all of the specs. I will, you'll, here's your airfare. Here's your hotel paid for. Here's your pay. Mm -hmm. You will be gone these days. Here's the times you'll fly out, fly back in. Here's the show. Here's the specs of the show. Here's what you're perform. what you're going to need sure. to do. So, I mean, the whole thing is laid out a hundred percent transparent, but that is legit independent contractorship. It doesn't have to be set your own oh, price. Absolutely. In fact, in yeah. that industry, how would that work? I can't go right. to the laser bunk company and go here. You got a show coming up. I'll do it yeah. for. I don't know what they're paying and, or what they're being paid of the portion of that show. There, there are a ton of independent business things where you can't negotiate a price that you, where you don't set your own price. Um, right. My website, I get advertising and I have some affiliate things, you know, and I know you've, you work with some affiliate things like that. And I can't, I, I, I can't go to Mediavine and say, okay, this is my advertising rate. It's just like you put your ads up on here and this is, this is what you get. And if somebody does better, you can go to them or whatever, but you know, right. I've got no control over that pricing. It's whether or not it's good enough for me. And uh, I've been in telecom, you know, where we would sell services and all of the prices are set and all the commission amounts are set. So this whole thing about setting your price, yeah, it's not the only way you can do business as a business, you know, so that, that doesn't disqualify fact, for the platforms. From, I, I think we learned yeah. very quickly what happened. Everybody undercut everybody to the bottom in that LAX yeah. lot. And I mean, rides where people were doing them for even less. So it actually yeah. ended up even worse. And the ones who weren't, weren't getting any rides because people were taking the cheaper ones. And it, I mean, that's just, to me, that's not even something that Hey, let's deeper mm -hmm. look into this. This could work. I, I think that should just be, I mean, just burn that idea because it's horrible and it's never oh, going to sure. work. You can't yeah, have a platform of millions of people 
using this thing and like everybody's setting a price. Yep. And it's, so, you know, those, those kinds of things, you know, I don't know if that's that big of a deal. You, you go back to Uber Eats and stuff and the way they did that. And, you know, the problem that I think the problem, they finally figured it out from their perspective that it was a dumb way to do business because the problem was that people aren't used to going back and, and doing a second transaction. And that's why, you know, usually the good, the good drivers were maybe getting a tip on 40 to 50% of the trips, but usually it was like about 20% that people would actually leave a tip because they had to go back in and, and do a second transaction or something like that. And, and people aren't used to that. And that's not a normal thing in any other kind of tipping industry. And, and so, you know, and, and the problem is, is people, you know, people want their food, they get their food. They're not thinking about a tip. They're thinking about, I want to eat. Right. And they get done eating and, you know, who knew, who else, who knows what else they're thinking about from there. Right. But it's not about going back and giving us a tip. I and mean, so, so I guess, so I guess let's go to even, let's take it from the bar to traditional delivery though. Like what mm-hmm. you and I know is just pizza or sub delivery before any platforms ever existed. Sure. Late nineties, even before, but late nineties, early two thousands. You also didn't tip there until you got the service. Never. Yep. You never pre-tipped a pizza or a sub or anything. Right. We weren't to a point like that. Even like, and I'll be, I'll kind of bring it back for you guys a little bit. I mean, the internet at the point I'm talking about was a dominoes.com didn't have like the tracker and all that. It was maybe a website that had some information, but no interactivity of ordering. You still had to call. Yeah. So my point being on those, a driver just relied on whatever the pay was and Hey, let's get some tips based on service. And but well, I know it was a different again, whole different thing. Most orders aren't handed to me. Every one of those had to be. Yeah. You had to hand them the pizza. You had to hand them the subs. You had to hand them the receipt to sign, which again almost puts it like the bar industry or a restaurant where how do you have somebody that you're looking in the eye and not tip them? Sure. I mean, sure. that's it's a lot easier to not tip or to tip bait yeah. if you're if you're never if the person's never gonna see you. Oh, and and you wonder how much that move to uh, contact-free delivery has made a difference in tipping, because right. people don't have to look you in the eye now. That's what I mean. You know? And yeah, that's my, and that's at my least point. you know, the funny thing is, is when they would say on Grubhub or DoorDash, "Oh, I'll tip you in the app," and it's like, no, you won't, because you can't. Right. <laughs> and you know you can't. You know you didn't because it didn't show up here. But you know, it's it's like they got to feel like they're going to at least make you think they're going to give you a tip or something like that. Cause they're looking at you right. and you take away that discomfort. And it's kind of like, now I can just stiff you and I don't have to face the consequences or anything. Right. But it's, you know, the problem though, is that, like you said, I think that was a problem for Uber eats when, um, when you couldn't tip until after the delivery, because it just, a lot of people didn't tip. And Mm -hmm. Uber Eats paid a whole lot more out of their pocket for deliveries than DoorDash or Grubhub. And this was, this was way back before the days when everybody did their race to $2, you know, when, when Grubhub was three fifty was the minimum and, and uh, when DoorDash was up to five and a half or whatever, and Uber Eats was still paying more in delivery fees than anybody else because 
they had to to have their drivers because there weren't any tips. So they yeah. had to make up for it somehow to be competitive. And so yeah, they figured enough. out somewhere along the line that, okay, we've got to, we've got to move that tipping up. And the way to do that was to add tipping when they placed the order. And so, you know, and, but that, that was the other thing was there's no way they could get away with paying less unless the customers were tipping enough to make up the difference. So they finally figured that out and tipping got a heck of a lot better on Uber Eats. But, yeah. you know, now, I, you I know, mean, I, again, I believe in it. And I think some of the factors we already talked about, I believe that, yep. you know, I, I believe that the contactless thing it, during the pandemic, that's so carried over to now. Like, I sure I honestly believe we're past that. Like, I always I think you've even heard me say it like um, in, in Europe, they in, during the pandemic, they still handed them the food. Never did they even allow contactless. I mean, we've like encouraged just throw it in the dirt as an option. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw and, my dinner in the dirt. And unfortunately, there's been a and, lot and of that. Now it's like now it's like the default option, even. It is. And most people are like, dude, I don't want to see you. And that alone is tip baiting to me. And that's good. That's a, I know it's not in almost every yeah. case, it's not, but like it's almost a red flag right there. Like, okay, well, good chance I'll be tip baited here. Yeah. I mean, because easily they could, but I get it. I think I think there should be a system um, where you still have to you have to do the tips up front. But if you want to remove it, you got to call it in, and you got to have and you got to have your call recorded in case the driver wants to. Uh, um, and and it, again, like not you'd have to do this cleverly because people wouldn't want to feel threatened at their house, and like the driver the might come back. But maybe somehow like where the driver would hear just one of his deliveries in a digital voice, like transcription of mm -hmm. like, here is what the person said on, on a single delivery, why they had to remove the tip. Sure. Sure. And I think that's, you know, um, that that's the part that makes it so weird with uh, gig economy delivery is that there's not much of an option for most customers if the service is really crappy and you know drivers do steal the food and drivers do leave the food <laughs> in crappy places or yeah. go to the wrong place or that there there are a ton of really bad drivers out there really bad and yep. You know, so and, and customers have to deal with that. And and what's your recourse as a customer? Um, but the problem is, is that when you give an option to do something, um, there are enough customers out there that are going to game the system that way, too. And that's where the tip baiting happens. Now, honestly, I've only ever had my tip reduced one time um, on Uber Eats. I've only ever had one time and I don't know if I'm just really lucky or what. And, and I knew it was going to happen because there was a big mess up with the food and all that stuff. And, and, and even though I knew it wasn't my fault, I knew the customer felt screwed enough by the whole situation that it was kind of like, I was just expecting that to happen. And in fact, I thought the tip would be completely gone. And so I was amazed that there was even anything left, you know, but it was, that's the only time that's ever happened. And I kind of understood why, even though it wasn't my fault, um, you know, 
so I don't know, but I hear of other people where it happens all the time. And, and I always wonder how much of that is that, um, maybe the driver's really not that good of a driver. We don't, we don't ever hear that side of it when they complain, but, um, it's still, it's, it's, uh, I mean, ultimately it's still, it's kind of like a contract thing. We're going to give you $10 to do this delivery. And then you end up getting $2 and, and that's not right either. Yeah. So how do you fix that? How do you fix that in a way that is fair to the customer and fair to the driver? And And see, now, now we can kind of bring it around to the Colorado piece here because, uh, this is exactly what I was talking about was that, okay, so that's, you're all about the deactivation thing so much. Trust me. I think, I think yeah. that there needs to be, I don't, I'm not sure exactly on that one, how I feel. I, I, I'm open to a lot of ideas on how mm-hmm. to handle that. Cause there just needs, there needs to be something. Cause right now there's nothing. Yeah. There, not only is there not something good, there's nothing in place to help the, no, to help no. A, a wrongful deactivation. In fact, I used, I know that, you know, I used to talk or I still do, but I used to like promote a uh, legal rideshare for that. They told me to stop because they said we can't handle wrongful deactivations. And they, they were just through me, they were promoting it through other people too. And they yeah. got so flooded. They're like, dude, we can't deal with this. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, but that's the problem is like with the deactivations, it, 90% of the time people don't know why. We detected fraud. <laughs> like, okay, what fraud? No answer. Can you please tell me what happened? You know, or you, you, uh, Grubhub has been really bad lately with, uh, they've been sending out stuff to drivers just saying that, uh, you haven't met our standards. Yeah. I saw that. We, I saw that some other channels and I had reported on that too that, um, uh, that they, they, there was like territory sweeps almost. Yeah. Like and, it'd be like a like we heard about a couple cities out east, and then like I, I know that my friend Ellen lives in Nevada, uh, and Henderson uh, just outside of Las Vegas. I know some other people, and just everybody was like deactivated the same day. Yeah, was an email and, like you, you're done. Like <laughs> whoa, what and I, it's like if you drive. want to dispute this, please give us evidence to show otherwise. Yeah, but they never tell you what it is that you're disputing. Well, and... I had I know some people in that Nevada sweep part of it where they hadn't drove for Grubhub in two weeks, uh-huh. and they got deactivated that same day. So yeah. there, there wasn't even a, an issue. Yeah, they're, they they're just definitely... decided you're all deactivated. Exactly, and you know, so so there's definitely an issue there, right? Um, which needs to be solved. But I also, on the other hand, with this Colorado thing, I am all because I'm all about transparency. My right. issue with this bill is I think it just allows them to continue business as normal. It, especially on the transparency part, it does. That's what I mean. I mean, I yeah. feel, and I when also say feel it's like, estimate. it's like, what's the point? Yeah. I also, yeah, you can't, you can't, I, I, first of all, I don't know how, unless you're putting it in a negative term, you can use the word estimate, be an advocate for the driver and use the word estimate in a bill. I mean, just that word, no matter where you're going to put it, isn't going to fit right. It's not going to sound right to go with that bill. No, no you need you need specific because it needs to be cold there. hard facts. Yeah, of what you're asking for, what you're saying is happening. Nothing about estimates. If you allow the company an estimate, that's the loophole they need. That word allows that's them to do need. whatever yeah. they want. Um, and then they'll and then they'll just like I mean, look, guys. To be honest, Ron knows this. Some of you might know this, but like Uber has been kicked out of other countries and gone back after without the permission of the country. 
I can I can quote Spain, for example. Uber's been to Spain three times, and they never out of the three were they invited back. They were kicked out, they left, but then they came back at the right time, just opened up again, whatever. I mean, and then there's other places where they pay the government a little bit. So it's it's here that we we don't have that kind of like just payoff system or like right. slip slip the government some funds and how much do you need for us to continue? And even though they're like the taxis must live, and it's like, okay, but what if we give you a hundred million dollars? Oh, there's a payoff system. You know, it's it's just you know, it's it's crazy, right? And there's, so there's there's a payoff system, and and yeah, and that's 100%. that's how uh, we have the new Department of Labor rule because who's who's paying the campaign fees for? Now, I really, I, I really people. like, I really like Stephanie a lot. I think she's a very nice person. Um, she is. Everybody should understand too. Um, she is uh, a freshman. This is her first. Not she hasn't even been there a year. Mm-hmm. This is her first. Uh, not only um, her first year as a freshman in the house. This is her first year in politics. She was a delivery driver in Colorado Springs, uh, working part time before this. That's yeah. That's what she did. She didn't do politics on any other level. So, kudos to her for getting through the system and getting up to that, um, sure. for sure. But I also, in both discussions with her, I heard some words that were make me cringe. She wouldn't like. She wouldn't use the word union, but she kept talking about these groups. And I mean, it was like I could have just looked up in the dictionary union and she would have said my groups mean and it was the same exact thing mm-hmm. you know a small group that pays for advocacy and to make sure that they're not abused and it, it was like well, that's union yeah and she's like well they'd be small groups that would protect the drivers and you'd pay into a system and they'd all pay into like that's a union enough that's union <laughs> and so that's something that bothered me a lot because I can't tell if I can't tell if 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 maybe she honestly thinks that that's a difference that group thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, does she? Because I mean, I got got to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's just not lying. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, does she really think that a group is different than a union in the way she describes it? Because here's part of my problem: this legislation that we're talking about, uh, Colorado Senate Bill twenty three dash zero nine eight. You guys, that it's. I feel like there's a lot of like, like this is like, like bait, for us to bite on. You guys want transparency and the right to argue? Hell yeah! And then, oh, your employees, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) You know, like I just I don't see. I guess I'm trying to understand because we, you and I both know California went after this in every direction. And instead they just cast a big net of AB5 and hurt the world kind of thing. Sure. So, but other states are going about this in other ways, you know, than this, like this, and everybody seems into this one. And I'm cool with that because I like this bill, but I feel like who are these groups is what I need to know. I think that you've even talked about them before around. You've referenced one of the groups, um, not on this subject, but on something mm-hmm. else. You had read something on one of their groups. Maybe it was where we found the DoorDash things. Maybe so. 
but but even then i think you referred to the group as a union or what union want to be yeah um yeah and and is there is there a union wannabe or group or something where you read their newsletter because i think that's what it was is there i don't you know i i know the uh, i know the group that uh you're talking about or that uh um she's talking about and it's like colorado independent something or another driver's association or yeah and you know and technically they're not um not a union and and part of that is because it's impossible to be a union because right i, I understand they're not you know, i get but i get the um, feeling that i guess i guess my comparison is union i the only difference is that union requires a lot of legal steps and sure. how you become an actual union but i feel like these are micro unions like they're still well, they're they're doing the same thing and and you know the part of it is that you know this group is actually sponsored by a union uh, i think it's a part of a colorado transportation um workers and you know but so do do, i mean do you not worry that this is a slippery slope well there's there's a piece where i don't know whether or not part of this is just a play to try and get pushed into ultimately that's that's the goal is to force an employment model and i don't you know what I mean, there are times I got to be honest. When when I look at the way that Uber and DoorDash and friends, or whatever, the <laughs> way that they treat the contractors and the way that they kind of walk as close to the line as they can get, I mean, they they absolutely abuse the independent contractor status because they still try to control drivers. They still try to get you to take everything. They still try and do all this crap. And and to a certain extent, from that perspective, there's a part of me that kind of thinks maybe they shouldn't be allowed to use contractors because they're not honestly trying to use contractors. They're trying to get employees at the price of a contractor. Right. You know, so, so there's something... I feel like there's something that ought to be done about that legally. But the problem is, is that what they've done is they've tried to, you know, do something that, you know, would, would, tr- would handle the situation of, you know, three, five million, however many um, delivery rideshare workers there are. And, and they created a law that basically makes it, or they're they're trying to create a law that basically makes it, um, they're they're trying to create a law that basically makes it illegal to um, be self-employed. Yeah, you know, so there, there there's so much in either Pro Act or AB five or all these different things that just make it almost impossible to be. Um, to be self-employed of any type of thing, to own your own business, yeah, and and that's the part that bothers me more than anything else. But, oh, that's that's the I mean that's the part that bothers me too. I mean, I try and, and sometimes I I let some of these live casts, live streams go in that direction when I have Kim, Karen, some even sometimes you on, but I do try and keep it to gig content, and it's always relative, even even no matter what, but the big picture of trying to take away the American dream and destroy everybody who has an idea to start a business is just ridiculous. And that guys is what happened in California. 
and I don't, you know, and, and the other part that I, I, you know, for everything that I said that they're, they're uh, abusing the independent contractor status. Right. I mean, I want to make clear, I do not want to be an employee. Right. If it ever goes employee, I'm done. Right. I want nothing to do. I, I, um, no, I, can no, handle... I, I, I honestly don't know who would stick around and I, right. and their churn rate. I mean, like you and I both know you can't like, I've run businesses. Yeah. You can't hire an employee, have them quit the next day, and then just go through the churn rate like you do now because you're going to have unemployment plan. I mean, you'd be out of sure. business. Yeah, you'd be out of business. Yeah, I can because I you're going to. Handle... You'd almost have to make sure at least one out of every two hires is going to stick around. I mean, there's no way to do that. There's no way. Yeah, I can handle um, the crap that DoorDash does and these other companies because I know how to choose whether or not a, a delivery offer makes sense. I know how to protect myself. I know my rights as a driver and everything like that. And, and I look at them as a customer. And, and the reality is, I, I think I've said this before on here, that, you know, it's, it's like if you own a store, there's always going to be somebody who's going to come in and try and shoplift, right? Yeah. DoorDash is that shoplifter. You know, DoorDash is that company that's going to try and screw you over in some way or another, or Uber, or really any of them. That's, that's the problem is they're all like that. And, uh, but I get that and I know how to operate my business in a way that they're not going to take advantage of me and stuff like that. Right. But the moment that you make them my employer, now they have power. Now oh, they've yeah. got the power over me. I can't say no anymore. I can't. Right. They can, they can send you like Ron yeah. and I are in Denver. They could send Ron to Colorado Springs. Yep. And so, you know, which um, if, even if you don't live here, that's an hour away, go pick up yeah. this customer. Why? And there's no way I'm ever given any of them that kind of power over me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do so, that though, but you're being paid and you're not an employee. So go get it. You know, and, and the problem is though, with the flexible nature of the gig economy, that, that's been a lifesaver for so many people that you could just jump on, go make some money, work around your schedule for people that got laid off for people, you know, all sorts of things like that. And, and if you go and you try and turn this into an employee model, you can't do that anymore. You know, um, yeah. you, you just can't. And so, you know, and that's, that's my problem is, is I can see things that maybe need to try and create some protections, but, don't protect me to the point of telling me that I've got to be their employee. Yeah, no way. I mean, so. no way. And I mean, it, to here's even further is that most people, I think, it, it, especially most people, those of us that do it full time, we also have to remember though, out of the, out of the, you know, eighty five percent work seventeen hours or less of the gig economy, sixty five percent works, uh, work seven hours or less. These people aren't taking employee status. Right. You have 85% right out of the gate that won't take it. And then the other 15, like the people who come into these, into these live streams and whatnot to learn things, I would guess the percentage is pretty high of even those people who are going to go, no, that's I got better things to do if you're going to make me to be the W2. Yeah. Well, I think I think you got a lot of people that um they go into this and they think they're employees. You know, how, how many times do you see people that they're shocked that, oh, I didn't make minimum wage. You're breaking the law. Well, no, you're not breaking the law. 
that's that's the nature of the beast when you're an independent contractor um or or just like uh do we get holiday bonuses and stuff like that and i, I just sometimes i read some of the uh facebook well, seattle just passed that just for seattle uh, just passed family leave and sick leave yeah for gig workers last yeah. week i mean to me that's a that's overreaching yeah because i mean guys i mean look do I want everything? Do I want the, we talked about, I was talking with Ron about this backstage and I've talked with you guys on the live streams lately. Do we want Connecticut $36 an hour guaranteed for all active time plus $1.30 a mile plus tips? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll take that. Is that even logically possible? Hell no. Yeah. If it was, and if the companies could make money, they would do something like that to just end all these fights and legislation. It's not doable. It will not be sustainable. And Ron brought up a great point. It's like, what if Connecticut goes through with it? I've always said I want we need a state to go through with something this dramatic and stupid to watch it fail because like in California, Uber and Lyft and the rest were going to leave under AB5. Then they got Prop 22. That's why they stayed. So yeah. Now what's in that? Connecticut, you brought up a good point. What if there's so many drivers that they're just like, yeah, but it's active time stupid. And we're not. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure you you don't have more than one active hour per ten. Yeah, yeah. Or Connecticut's doing. How much was that? Was that thirty six dollars? Thirty six dollars an hour for active time. Um, and it's and it even used Instacart. It said Instacart and Rideshare in the article, but then in, inside the article it says it says all of them, and it says DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, everything. And is thirty six an hour and a dollar thirty a mile, even Rideshare. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you let me put it this way, if if you lived 70 miles away from the airport and you got somebody that said, I need to go to the airport and you're driving Uber, you're going to get thirty six dollars plus one hundred dollars on the mileage. For that hour of driving in there, because 70 miles at a dollar thirty, just, I mean, it's about about one hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get one hundred plus thirty six. You're at one hundred and thirty six dollars an hour plus tip. You kidding me? Yeah. And to that me, that doesn't—that's not even—that's not even fair as a driver. Who, of course, I would love that those sure. unicorn tips that make those hours. But to think that that's—I mean, you, you think that we're—I'm not trying to be mean, but you guys think we should be paid like brain surgeons because <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what it is. I mean, it's like you know, like the, the like doctors are in debt for ten years after getting out of med school. Although these days, you know, here's—I mean, the reality is. $36 an hour is like 70,000, which isn't bad. It's, it's pretty good money, but it's not as good a money as it was a few years ago, you know? Right. But it and, wasn't and a guaranteed not, either, which no, allows laziness, bad service, everything under the book. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's your thing there. And it's kind of like, if you get pushed into that at this point, it almost, if, if, uh, if they have to pay that much money, yeah it makes more sense for them to go to an employee model because yeah. at least then they can control what's going on. And because that's the problem is that, uh, you know, you can't, you can't require somebody to wear a uniform. You can't require them to take certain orders or anything like that. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's no quality control. Right what's that? I got my curry uniform on right now. Oh, dude, you're wearing somebody's brand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, that's all right. Um, but you know, but it's at least it's an option, right? Yeah. And 
I, but, I'm one of their the brands. Is, is anybody, no... I think everybody knows Curry's. It, whether you, whether you use it or not, or whether the offers are great for you or not, they're 100 percent transparent. Yeah, they're my favorite you know, app because because not just because of earnings, but because they're 100 percent transparent. There's no joke. In fact, they add to the transparency every month or on every update. There's like, okay, now we're gonna tell you how many minutes you are from the pickups. Like, dude, I don't even need that. I know mm -hmm. it's all good. They add yeah. more. They just keep shoving more at you. Like, here's more information. Yeah. Which is great, but you know, I mean, I already get enough. But my point is, but yeah, I think you know, and, and that would be a good question to see. Okay, if if Connecticut passes that, right. what happens? You know, like uh, we were talking backstage, and you thought, are uh, are these companies going to pull out because it's that much money? Yeah, um, because it, you know, like it or not, it's still kind of closer to an entry level type work. Um. And you know that that that's a lot of money to be paying, and especially when you're adding the mileage on top of that thirty six dollars an hour, and you know so that's that's an awful lot of money. And are these companies going to stay? Um, or are they going to say no way? It's just too expensive to do business here, and pull out. And uh, but you know, it, it that. I think that's where it would be kind of interesting to see if something does pass and to see if something happens there. Now, the one thing about that is, though, you know, it 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 raises their cost of doing business, and they're going to end up having to charge the customer more money to be able to do all of this. But it happens across the board. So DoorDash's cost is going up, and so is Uber Eats's, and so is everybody else's. And so, um, maybe because if it's, if it's a level playing field, you know, it kind of gives them an excuse to raise their prices then or raise the cost of doing business there. Uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll force them to raise it enough that they won't get as much business as they used to get because people aren't going to pay that money. Right. And so... You know, because that's the spot they're in anywhere else right now. You can't, they can't go out and raise prices on the restaurants or on the customers right now because everybody's already fed up with what they're charging. Right. So, you know, you're never going to see more money coming out of DoorDash here in Colorado or in most other places because they're going to end up having to raise money, raise prices or raise their delivery fees. And the market just isn't going to put up with that. So, but look at, look at Seattle though, or look at Washington state and like what they're doing. Like, you know, we mm -hmm. already know about the raise they did that kind of just bumped it up to a Connecticut style, but at a more reasonable rate. Yeah. Um, but I mean, same thing, still a little bit of overreaching in my opinion, but okay. That might right. work. We'll see. But then they but, could, but they then could now they add added health and family. I guarantee you the unions are just picking away on, they're the next level you guys. And the next thing mm -hmm. you'll see is that, but even in that deal that allowed, uh, family leave and sick leave and even i mean maybe this is normal you'll know around but even like you can take leave from gig apps to take care of a family member to me that's going so far to the employee model you're like whoa are you serious this is this has never been applied to any gig worker independent contractor freelancer anything um so yeah. 
but now they're they're giving them that but i also know that they're not having to jack the price right now onto that because it's being like it's being offset by um some like seed money from the government so that they can kind of over time raise the price my guess yeah. is that over time they're going to get some legal battles going yeah because i mean look i mean they you know they gave into california or or they went with prop 22 okay mm -hmm. they went with the new seattle legislation okay but then now seattle's pushed now the seattle says and you're gonna give them sick leave i mean like it's you gotta remember these companies aren't the the kind that go okay we'll just we'll lose more money and do that that sounds good they will they'll push everything into court and do it for uh, years you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i mean 100 percent. so yeah. uh i you know i it, and, and recently i gotta tell you I, like i'm not even it's with some of the other states and what they're doing lately like i'm actually prop 22 doesn't even sound that bad anymore to me <laughs> I, I do, I got to say, and you know this, Ron, I do feel bad because most of AB5 really didn't, gig economy was a small portion yeah. of what AB5 did. AB5 destroyed careers, yeah. 30, 40 year careers, businesses, nonprofits. And the so, irony is they were specifically targeting Uber, DoorDash, Lyft. That's who they were specifically going after. And guess who's still in business and guess who's still using independent contractors. <laughs> so it's like, kind of like they just totally failed all the way around. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, I, but I guess I'm saying like now watching some of these other States, like prop 22 is fairly low. So now I can, I guess like when it was the only one, it seemed so harsh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, I can see where Uber and Lyft or why the flex association made this deal. You know, it's like, okay, may, yeah, maybe that does make, if, if what you're looking down the pipe at is what these other states are doing, <laughs> then yeah, you got a great deal in California, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I mean, you know, they still get to call them independent contractors and they mm -hmm. still get to, uh, operate to be honest, because we were watching them about to leave the state. And that yep. was, I mean, we all know that, that the people that discount that, that truth, you need to go look into that deeper because, you can find state documents that say that it was done in the 11th hour. I mean, and I'm, we're talking the 11th hour, the 58th minute too. Like they, they like bit that thing down to the wire and we're like, okay, we'll do what you want. And Uber and Lyft were like, yeah, we know. <laughs> and I, I mean, it was just, so, it was sad. It was, I mean, they had to bend to that. Yeah. Kind of along those notes. Uh, now we've got department of labor is, most likely going to be finalizing their new rules. And where, where do you think that's going to do to gig work in general? What happens when they pass that? <sighs> well, I think, I, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's the same thing as the pro act. I mean, like it mm -hmm. had the pro act passed. You still, there was, I mean, I know there's, there was a lot because of this administration currently, there was a lot of push that if the pro act had gone through at the right time, most States would have fallen, but we got to be honest, like there's still 26 right to work States and they would have fought that to the teeth. And wow. I feel like even though, um, a national law goes into place or something, it really, it's, it is up to each state to adopt it. I mean, they could get into a war over it, but they're not gonna. Right. 
Like, I feel like the national thing is saying, hey, it's okay to do this and we'll back you. Yeah. And then it's up to the state to say, okay, we'll do it. Pro Act would have had a huge fight. Um, but the Pro Act would have hurt court. everybody like AB5 too. That's a little right. different. That wasn't just targeted at gig economy. So. Right. Um, the one problem with Pro Act is that Pro Act was, and I think I think the Achilles heel for that, if it ever became law, is the provision that says that um, it, it basically overwrites a state's ability to be right to work. Sure. Um, and that's, that's, that's a huge constitutional issue because that's saying that's, that's a federal legislation telling the states what they can or cannot do. And, 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 um, and it could be fought just on that. I, I don't think that's ever going to pass. Right. Um, just yeah. no, not, not now, not but there, now. but there was a time when let's be honest, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but it, it was very close. I don't think it was that close, honestly, because they well, would have had to get 60 senators. Right. And it was, it was a fight to even get to 50 because they couldn't get all the Democrats. It was just such it. an ugly time in both yeah. houses that I feel like every, it was like, to me, I feel like it was coming out of the pandemic ish or like it was, we were yeah. still in the pandemic actually. <clears throat> and I feel like it was like bribery time. Like, yeah. I feel like soldiers could were falling harder than normal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, hey, man, you want this bag of money? Like, just come on over here to prop mm -hmm. to proact. <laughs> like, right. But, you know, we've got uh, now the Department of Labor has just decided they're going to write their own law. Right. They, they basically changed their definitions of the rule an independent contractor. Yep. Um, and, and, and they are definitions that uh, um, if, 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 if it ever, if it stands up would pretty much wipe out the gig economy. Sure. And so, but the problem well, is, either. is that it's not legislation that it is, it is a, uh, um, is a government department that is writing the law and, and, and that's going to have some problems. I think, you know, even though the law will be, or even though the rule will go into effect probably in the next month or two, um, it's going to be fighting. It's, it's going to be facing legal challenges right away. So it could change everything, but it's got to survive all those um, battles first. 100%. And so, you know, it could change things, but it's going to take a year to two years for that to happen. Yeah. And um, but I'm a, but I agree with you. I think pro act is, I think pro act's gone. Like, yeah. I, and I don't think that, I mean, if here's my, here's my opinion, if Biden couldn't do it, we're not, we're probably not going to see it again. We'll see parts of it. Yeah. We'll see dismantled portions of the pro act and they, they might even get through, but we'll never see a pro act package. At least like, I don't think in the near future again, you're not going to see any kind of major changes with anything like this until one side gets just an overwhelming majority right. kind of like what california has you know right. and then that might happen and that could happen i don't know it's hard to say but um you know it always yeah, so, I, mean, I mean literally like you know wobble back and forth but um that's part of why i wanted to do this today because you know as i always say this i mean we're taking facts that we read bringing them to you guys and yeah. then we're giving you our 
we're, you know, even sometimes I directly word for word read an article and then I give you my perspective and then kind of so on. Ron and I both have websites where we post articles. So we're both, for me, I do a lot, you know, every day I'm posting 10, 12 articles in one link that just are that day's news that I'm into, that I'm looking at. And if you guys want to go read it, go in there. They're great articles. You'll see them on all kinds of sources. Ron writes his own. And so we're doing these own, I mean, we're, we're basically taking that. And one of my issues was that not, not everyone, but there's, there's a lot of channels that talk about this stuff that don't have a clue what they're talking about. Right. And I'm talking about like, I'm not just sitting there going, geez, man, he's like, you don't get it. Like it's backwards or upside. Like it's, it's exact. I've, I've used the words. It's exactly wrong. You know, it couldn't be more perfectly wrong. You're actually saying it backwards. And they don't say, in my opinion, or anything. They, and I, 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 even on 13 Minutes of News this weekend, I put out there that I was saying, like, look, you've got to say this is your opinion. People listen to you. Yeah. People listen to your channels. Like, you've got to say it's your opinion. Don't be making it sound like facts. It's because I've heard some facts where the, where I'm saying I hear people say things and then I, I can actually go to it. It's already done. And they, they, what they are saying is going to happen already happened exactly backwards of what they said, like where it's already done. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like 100% wrong. So yep. the opinion part is huge. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I know that like North Carolina, Minnesota, they're looking at like using the roads or, and taxing drivers and the companies ba- or the drivers directly to read to throw into redoing their roads for mm-hmm. rideshare because they said the TLC in both those states needs to, that taxi and limos need to. They pay their portion for the roads. So why shouldn't Uber drivers? And instead of going after Uber, they're coming after the drivers. Hey man, you got to pay into this system. So there's that's what I'm saying about like it's not proactive style. It's like every state has gone rogue on how they're going to approach this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. There's there is no common definition. Right. Of what an independent contractor is. And even in the federal government, you know, there's uh, there's actually two different definitions. There's the common law, which centers on whether or not the company controls the worker. And then you've got uh, Department of Labor that has a little broader definition, but it's not a real clear one that looks at a lot of other factors as well as control. Yeah. And, and, and the IRS has its own definition and each state has its definition and actually different departments in different states have their own definitions. And it's, it's kind of like here in Colorado where, uh, when it comes to an unemployment thing, the ABC test applies and, right. uh, but there's, there's nothing, you know, but that, but they don't prohibit you from having employees based on an ABC test in Colorado. So, you know, it's just like there, there are just so many different definitions and somehow we just need somehow, I don't know, maybe we don't need to, cause be careful what you wish for, but it, it's kind of like, if you can get a common definition or something, then at least you can work from that and, and not have all this uncertainty. You know, right. cause, cause that's the thing. It's like, you know, who knows that something doesn't change and who knows that um, Department of Labor doesn't just shut down DoorDash. And um, 
you know, you know that there's going to be a big court fight over it, but yeah. at some point, some things could change dramatically. I mean, you do and have Grubhub tied with impacts. Amazon, so are you going to go after Grubhub because that's a you're going to really piss some you're going to you're going to piss some big money off there. Sure, sure. Um, and but you know the problem is is you can't go after one without going after the other. That's what I mean. So I mean, like you're gonna you're yeah, gonna you're gonna the Flex Association already is moving state to state and putting in money where they need to as a group. Yeah. And the Flex Association, for those that don't know, is rideshare. It's Uber, Lyft, it's DoorDash, Instacart, um, and I believe I don't know if Grubhub's in it or not. Actually, not I don't know. I'm not sure because they did not participate in the funding for uh, uh, Prop 22. I would I would think at this point too they're probably not because again opinion but because I know that they're not bought by Amazon yet however mm-hmm. they're they have a they have a, a a temporary merger to see if it'll work out and then behind it's a deal if if Amazon wants to buy it so my guess is they're just staying out of that crap right now and just dealing with their merger to Amazon potentially yeah so but again that's just a guess you know they're letting the other companies throw in the millions because i I, to be honest i don't think they have it i mean it's funny because lyft doesn't really have it either i mean lyft's as low as it can be now it's horrible it's yes i mean it's just you know i mean i i I was saying the other day it just blows my mind that during the global pandemic the day i mean what was it march 29th when we had the stay-at-home orders 2020 Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was shortly after. That's when they announced the the CARES Act or whatever it was the 29th. But maybe it was early March or whenever that first stay-at-home order came, we were all like, what does that mean? What's a, what's a stay-at-home order? Oh, my God. You know, I'm freaked out. That is the day when literally, and for a while, it was because they, they were telling people don't do it either. Literally, there were no Uber and Lyft rides. None. Mm-hmm. Went from... You know, delivery had a little business. Rideshare had the big portion of it. To rideshare had zero in one day. And at that point, Lyft didn't say, maybe we should do some grocery <laughs> or food. I mean, to me, it blew right. my mind because it's like Uber already had Uber Eats. Yep. You know, but they're the only two national known rideshare platforms that are big and like can do something like this. And, and Lyft did nothing. I mean, it's almost like they took the pandemic off. You know, it's like that's you should have been doing grocery delivery and you should have been doing even if like we were saying what a bad job you were doing, like we do about the other platforms, even if you just did it like Big Brother Uber. Like I've said before, Lyft, when I was driving Lyft in 2015, 16, they were on a much better path for my earnings here in Denver than Uber was at that time. And then for some reason in 2017 or 2018, they decided, let's just follow Big Brother Uber and just changed everything I liked about Lyft as a driver and said, no, we're just going to be just like Uber, but pay you worse. I was like, what did you just do? We were doing good. Like I was jamming. And, I, and I'm not saying like, it to me, it didn't even make sense. It's like I, I, I the pay was was good. The rides were often, the clientele was better. But it wasn't like I'm saying like the pay was three times Ubers and like, why are you taking it away? Clearly, it would have been because of pay and they can't afford that. They were still so close, but the perks and how often you could get rides and that the people were tipping on Lyft more often. All those factors like made it so I was just more into Lyft. As soon as they decided to be like Uber, they actually fell underneath 
Uber and I had to go do start doing more Uber again. Yeah. So it's, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like they gave up. I feel like all these companies are just, I don't know. I, like you said, I, I feel like, and I've said, I, I don't exactly know what it would be, but look, we have independent contractors, freelancers, all that is classified already. And I, I know it's not like spelled out to the definition you'd like, but for the non-gig economy, it's worked since whenever. There's been some arguments to it, but it's worked and nobody's really questioned it. Freelance writers, all the people who were abused in California and still are out, they were able to do business, pay their taxes and do business correctly, exactly how you should legally for mm -hmm. what, 60 years. And then AB5, which should have only targeted the gig economy, destroyed them and the gig economy got out. So in my opinion, the gig economy... Like you were saying, something to to kind of make like a pH zero, like a level to for all of them to work off needs to be like a hybrid gig economy. Like you guys are not brick and mortar, not even that. You're not freelance writers. You're not, you know, like if you're going to target the gig economy, you got to give them a subsection. You got to have they they have, they have to have a genre or something that is their own. Otherwise, you're going to be targeting the whole thing and hurting people that, I mean, nobody should be hurt, but hurting people that have nothing to do with this. Well, and and whatever you do with that, you have to have a clear enough definition that doesn't require you to make exemptions because of other people that were caught up in it. And that was a problem in California, you know, and, and, and ultimately that could be the undoing of AB5 because they made exemptions for all these groups, but there's no rhyme or reason for how they chose that other than these people have influence or these people have money. And so we'll exempt them from the law, but other people that maybe don't have that influence, they don't. And if you can't have some kind of definition that de determines why somebody is an employee and why somebody isn't, um, then you got a bad law. And, and that's part of the problem that they're trying to do is trying to, you know, maybe trying to police some of the gig companies, but how do you do that without, you know, devastating millions of other people? Um, so, okay, we've hit on a variety of things here, obviously, but so we can wind things up with this Colorado bill. Um, so what do you, what do you see happening now? Because we seem to, oddly, we seem to be the focal point. But however, at the same time, and you and I know this, there's a lot of news outlets you can read. There's some that aren't worth reading, all this, that, and the other. But this is not making national news like it did. Like for yeah. a, a quick beep, it did. And everybody heard about it in Stephanie. And now it's gone. Like I don't see it ever in the news anymore. Even in our Colorado news, it's not in there much. I think it's because it doesn't hit the hot buttons, you know. Outside of drivers, transparency is not an issue. And, you know, but um, I'm, but I'm reading bills on Washington, Connecticut, Minnesota, yeah. but those North companies, Carolina, all, you know, what they're doing is they're all addressing wage. They're all dressing, addressing what people are paid. Right. And so, and those are enough of a hot button that they get attention. Sure. Um, if, if all you're doing is you're, you're putting in something about deactivations and, and, um, transparency, while those I think are important things, 
and and they're they're definitely especially i think with the deactivation is a major issue but it's it's not it's not the kind of thing that gets attention like $36 an hour in Connecticut, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's, I think that's a lot of it. Right. Is or the health benefits like, or the, yeah. It, it doesn't tie into kind of the hot issues for particular the, groups. But the problem is, is it might be, I mean, again, I'm looking for the trap door. I really, I sure. feel like too often when I was talking in both instances, again, I think Stephanie's great. I think she's, you know, I hope she gets a lot done. Um, and I hope she gets some of these, uh, a bill like this passed. I hope, I hope there's no group behind her pushing her already on the next bill they want. That's like union or something. That's my hope because this bill sure. itself, I mean, I found a flaw in it and she agreed. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, this bill itself has a, a few issues, but overall, I don't think anybody disagrees with this. I just, my radar goes on of, okay, I don't care. Like kind of like you, I don't care so much about this. What's behind this? Yeah. What's the next thing to? I mean, we would just again, we just watched in Seattle. It wasn't but eight months ago that they said, okay, here's what they'll be paid, and then it was last week that they said you're gonna get paid family sick time. Like you know, like really, like I don't know any independent contractor in the in the country that gets that. Period. You don't get into that system unless you're an employee. And so I, I just feel like this is, is this all that, that, that we want in Colorado? And if it is, why are more people not looking at it? But I guess I'm looking at, I feel like it's to get everybody behind. Of course we want that. And then they believe in that kind of push and maybe the group and all that that's doing it. And then there's more to come. Yeah. From that, those same people too. I mean, of course there'll be more, more to come, but I mean like almost like as soon as that door shuts, it's like we're gonna do this too, and maybe the next thing will be kind of good too. And then, but then all of a sudden, you're gonna hear about, you know, franchise model or W two or union dues or groups. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, guys, to me at least, groups is a trigger word for union or union to come. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm wondering because you know Sergio and Chris uh, did their uh, weekly live where they they had stephanie on as well they were talking to her about it i've talked to her about it and i got the show me the money club and I, I gotta say like it's i just i i think you're a fan of this bill i guess i am too but i just i'm almost not because i don't believe in the system and i don't believe in who's behind it fair enough fair enough um i'm I'm in favor of the principle. Me, oh, me too. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, I, my my issue or my concern has more to do, really, with the. Uh, you know, the problem is, is you get if you get to pass something and then you write it in such a way that it has no teeth. Sure. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's the kind of thing that it's like you do something like that, and it, I think it could almost embolden them to continue the bad practices. Like, oh, they passed this law and we got around it, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing, too. If Even if it does pass, like like I was saying, what I did find in there was 
you know, I, I don't know. That's not good. You, you can't say, you can't say estimate. You can't define this whole thing. And um, we already went through that on the Stephanie piece. So if you guys want to see that, go, go back and either watch the para one or the one on this channel that I did with Stephanie. Cause in both, I talked to her about that. Um, mm. I, I, or at least I know I did in the para one that was recent. So if you go to para gig smarter channel on YouTube, you check that out. There's an interview with Stephanie and I bring it up and I actually, I actually point out the exact section, subsection, everything to her. She seemed impressed that I knew four C three and she's like, okay. And she's looking to kind of go to where it is. And I'm like that right there, third sentence down. What is that? And she was just like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you, you've defined everything above, but now you're using the word estimate. And to me, that's a loophole for them just to go, yeah, this, we'll, we'll sign this bill because we don't have to do anything. We'll just keep going all we do. Right. And, and that's where I think there's a problem because even if, even if people are under the impression who are trying to get this bill passed, we all know that it comes down really, or maybe not, not everybody does know this, but it really does come down to even if this bill were to pass and then Uber and Lyft and all the rest were to go, well, see that word estimate. We use that as the loophole. I'm not saying who would win, but we do have a impassable battle now that would need to go to court that would get tied up for years. Sure. So it's almost like if you put out legislation, here's how I view it. If you put out legislation that has some miswordings, it almost might be in the favor of these gig companies to sign off on it. Like, sure. Yeah. If you're going to do we, it, we do have it a right. great lawsuit here. As soon as you push our buttons. Yep. If you're going to do it, do it right. And uh, I think that's, that's the biggest problem I see with it is it's just poorly poorly written yeah i mean the, the the thought is great and i'm glad that you're all about the deactivations because i'm all about the transparency always but i'm about i'm about both on this mm -hmm. i just i'm concerned that, that i i don't know they're just there's this isn't going to be enough they're going to use the loophole and then they're going to come back at them harder and then they're going to bring the flex association and spend millions to really just end it and that's where I think where we're kind of out with every state. I think we're going to see tons of money wasted. And in the end, there will be a way that, yes, even to support these legal fees, they might raise passenger fees a little bit. But I, I do truly believe they will take it out of the drivers even more. If you guys don't think they can go even more, I think they will. I think they will go even more out of our pocket for all of these legal bills that they have to fight. Oh, we keep thinking they can't go lower and they keep doing it. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm blown away. I, I literally just think like, we just don't, I don't hear anything that's the right solution yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that if these things get passed through, we're going to have to actually watch them fail in one way or another, you know, or lead to W2 type employment. And I guess, you know, Hey, if, if 90% of the people working gig apps, and again, this gets weird because we got 65% that work seven hours or less. To me, their votes don't even count. <laughs> it means you're working one day to go out for the evening, you know, take a girl out for dinner or something. But if if 90% of the gig economy wanted to go to a W-2, I'm able to shift my life to other things. I wouldn't like it. I'd like to keep doing gig work. But if it if if not, if nine out of ten people wanted it that way, well then okay, that's what this country is about. If that's how you want it to be, and you get it passed through legally and stuff, not much I can do about it. If every gig worker I knew was like, dude, I want to be an employee, I would be the outcast. However, I don't know any, none, zero that say they want to be an employee. Not one person. Even the people who fight hardest 
um, the California groups, Nicole Moore, um, all that, all those kind of like advocacy groups that go way to the other side. Even they don't want to be employees. Right. So it's like nobody out there wants to be an employee, but that's the threat. And it's like, man, if you, you got groups fighting on how, what we need better pay and this is how we're going to, and they're all, we're all tangled up fighting. But in the end, the worst case scenario might be W2. And, and that's none of the people with, with anything in this fight want that. Like if you got eight different groups or, or sides coming at this, none, none of the eight want it. But yet we might get it forced down our throat. Right. I don't know. To me, it's like, again, you said it earlier too. Be careful what you wish for. Because if you're sitting there going, I'm moving to Connecticut, $36 an hour and $1.30 a mile. I will work 24 hours a day. And Okay, and well, you're going to get to Everybody else will. And, right, you're going to get to Connecticut. <laughs> and either the gig companies will have left the state or like Ron said, you're going to, you're not going to get many many uh, jobs because <laughs> if they're paying right. on active hours, they're just going to they're going to triple stack. They're going to make sure that they're charging the customers more. You're going to be doing long runs. They're just going to have you out burning gas, or I guess not because of the mileage, but um, they're going to find other ways to abuse the crap out of you. Right. And and you're still going to. I have a feeling you're still not going to make. Maybe in the beginning a little more, but even then I don't know. I don't think you'll make any more. If not, you'll probably make less. I mean, you know, you think of it, it's it's kind of like when you have one zone that has like a huge peak pay or um, if you're doing ride share, you know, and you get one area that has a huge surge and it just like it draws everybody into that area or something like that. And so you might make more on each delivery, but you got so many people that are competing for those orders that, you know, you just don't get that many orders anymore or something like that. And, uh, um, I kind of see that being what could happen in Connecticut if they ever, uh, push that through. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, from what I've read, it sounds like everybody in Connecticut's on board with this. And I, I know Connecticut heavily leans to the left. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It sounds like they have the the people in line when you when you're doing the head count to make sure you got the votes. It sounds like they have it there pretty easy. Like this one doesn't sound like other states where it's yeah they they look like they're gonna have it. This one to me even looks like they got it if they want it. Mm -hmm. But why? Why would you do this? Why would you push this far? Because right. what in one way or another, these gig companies are not gonna pay you hundred and thirty dollars an hour. Just trust. You're just not going to, you're not going to go from making 15 to 130 because of bill passes. You're not, I'm sorry. And again, just my opinion, but I have to say it that way. But again, I do, I almost feel like I can just say that because you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to make 130 plus tips an hour for active time and be active the whole time. You're not. Well, and, and ultimately it just, it comes down to a market thing too. It's like, yeah, they could, they can force them to pay so much, but they will have to pass that on to the customer. And at what point will the customer say, no, I'm not, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's, that's the part I don't, you know, I mean, okay. I guess if that happens, um, you know, maybe you just don't have delivery in Connecticut anymore or, or whatever, 
but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, somebody has to pay for it, and yeah, and I think you're right. If I wasn't really putting together, because I, I was wondering why we're not making news anymore, but you're right. It's because there's no number on it. Yeah, there's no like dollar amount. It's this is about something different. But again, I would think that would that. I mean, to me, that should make news anyway because there's being noise being made nationally about about pay and really this does go to pay but i guess i guess i get what you're saying that it's almost like they view it like this really only targets or it's only going to grab the attention of the drivers it's not a big enough article for us to run nationally and it's like but the other ones are and it's like yeah even if somebody's not a driver in connecticut they want to know about this crap with about 36 bucks an hour because the minimum wage we looked it up. I can't remember. It was like ten dollars and change in Connecticut, and then the federal. And then we know the federal minimum wage is like seven dollars and something cents, right? You know, so you got a federal minimum wage of like under eight bucks, and you have a Connecticut minimum wage of under eleven dollars. But they think that anybody working on an app needs to be paid thirty six an hour plus a dollar thirty a mile. I know. Uh, and that's that to me that's like dude you you even set a minimum wage that's a third of that and not even including the miles yeah what is that going to do to saturation in that area yeah i mean and 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 will there be saturation or will they just pull like what you were talking about with uh grubhub deactivating like an entire city in a day <laughs> like sure will they <clears throat> just deactivate I mean, they'll tell you like uh, like the earn by hour with doordash where you can only is it decline one or two it might have changed it too. I don't know, but like where you can only do that to get it and how, <clears throat> how weird that works. I mean, like, you know, maybe, maybe they say if you decline any, you're off the platform. They'd run into legal issues on that. Yeah, I know, but they're running into legal issues everywhere and they're just not going to pay 36 plus a dollar 30 a mile. Right. I mean, Instacart pays a minimal $8 and no tip for a 56, 70 item shop. That's to the store shopping delivered. That's an hour plus to maybe even upwards of 90 minutes, depending on how far you're driving for eight Mm -hmm. bucks. You think that they're going to, you think that they're going to now be paid 36 and 14 for miles so that they're being paid 50 an hour from eight. You think Instacart's going to just go with that and pay them 600% what they're paying them? Well, here's, here's the other thing that's going to happen generally if that happens is that um, if they do, um, they're going to quit recommending tips. Oh yeah. I, I mean, because... let's be honest, man. Like again, I would see trap doors myself, but if I lived in Connecticut and they made that, I wouldn't care about tips. Right. In fact, I'd go back to rideshare full time. <laughs> Grubhub actually did that in California after Prop you know? 22 went into effect. They started putting little notes and, you know, that the recommended tip would be like either no recommended tip or it'd be like a dollar. And if you hover over the little information thing, they'd have a note that says because of the new pay, the drivers are getting paid well enough. It, it was almost like, they're getting paid well enough. You don't need to tip on top of it. Yeah. And and the reason that they did that is because the thing is, is when you do a recommended tip and that gets just added to the total and then people check out and most of them don't even pay attention to it, but that makes it look like they're paying more money. 
you know, and Grubhub had to add fees on to cover the extra cost of doing Prop 22. So if they recommend less of a tip, now it, now it doesn't feel like the cost of delivery has gone up. Sure. So, you know, that's what would happen in Connecticut is, is essentially they would bump the price or they, they would bump up the delivery fees, but then um, they'd quit recommending a tip or putting a default tip in there. And, and that would make it look like the price hasn't gone up as much. Right. And yeah. so, you know, the driver still makes more money or something like that, but they, they certainly don't get much in tips then. Do you, do you have, do you know when this, when um, ours is being voted on Senate bill two, three dash zero nine eight? No, I don't. Is that not public record yet? Is that? Um, it may be that it's got to get through committee or something. Okay. Cause yeah, I, I was looking before we came on, I was like, I didn't see an actual date of either when it'll be voted on, but I didn't know if like that would be public knowledge yet, or, I mean, it should be public record once it's legit and it's going to be discussed. Yeah. Right. I mean, that should be public record. Yeah. You would think, I would think, yeah. Um, I don't, I'm, cause, cause I'm, I guess I'm saying like, even if like you're not able to watch it, it's still public knowledge that it's happening because you're supposed to be able to know everything the government's doing. So it's, I think you'd be, if you wanted to look, I'm sure you'd be able to find it is what I'm saying. So sure. Um, as far as I know, it's not being voted on yet, but uh, I guess that's what today is, is a bunch of uh, crazy ideas that States are actually trying to pass. And, some of them might go through and un and unfortunately like ron was saying i feel like we need a definition for this gig economy look i never wanted regulation i am literally starting to understand we need it bottom line there needs to be some if it's not regulation there needs to be a definition for this for the gig economy there if needs for no other reason that we know where we stand you know right but that it's also separated from newspaper writers or people who are already at threat from chat AI, you know, like, you know, like, um, freelance or, or like, um, like, uh, cartoonists, freelance, freelancers, um, you know, nonprofits, uh, singers, um, musicians, uh, interpreters, like we don't, all these people shouldn't be caught in the net. So they, we need to be gig economy needs a classification. It does, you know, yeah. because that because those people all used to go. I know a lot of them are either con consider themselves self-employed as a title or freelancers, but they all fall under the independent contractor umbrella. And some of them even refer to themselves as independent contractors. And I feel like that's the trap here is that the gig economy picked that word independent contractor. And now, and and that's the umbrella of of which everybody's fallen under who has legit businesses for fifty years for so long. They need to be given something different. They can't ca call it that, or they could say you're a hybrid IC, or something that that defines you work gig apps. And if we come after that, that's going to be for that, not for the whole everybody who wants to run a business in America. Yeah. That's that's my big thing. Again, I when I said nine out of ten, if nine out of ten people want to be employees, and that really was a vote, and I mean like really was voted on truly in every state, and everybody decided overwhelmingly that's what they wanted. Well, we live in a country where that's what we have to accept. Then, 
you know, and that's what it would be. And they would go to that level. I don't think that that's the answer either. I don't think that, I think we need a new definition, but then I think they need to, to learn that we can't have an, just a, a, an ABC test that doesn't allow anybody to be something. You know, like even in the gig economy, if they had a sub definition or a different name for the gig apps, like it doesn't matter. We we need something better than an ABC test. Because let's face it, that that was almost written knowing that all of us can't pass it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, let's write this thing so it's fair. Well, but if you read it, the B prong says, well, nobody can be one. I mean, that's not what it says, but it pretty much does. I mean... (laughs) I can't remember why I'd heard the argument about plumbers a couple times, but um, like maybe plumbers. But I was like, and I, I mean, I've even had Kim Cavan explain it to me a couple times. I was like, I feel like we can find some other ones. Then if you're gonna find plumbers, like what about electricians? You know, like, <laughs> you know, but she was and when I say those kind of things, she says, no, 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 can't do that because that'll that won't pass the B. So it's it. I don't know. It's just. It's a big mystery, but I think without defining the the space itself, um, uh, that that I I don't think any of this is going to get anywhere except for causing major chaos and problems. I guess that's my two cents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that said, you guys, uh, Ron, uh, you uh, so you guys, if you haven't checked out Ron's website, entrecareer.com, go check it out. Um, he's got lots of articles up there, lots of good reads. He's got a podcast too. I don't know how often Rod is uh, posting to the podcast, but um, hasn't but, been much. Maybe might start to get a little more active. It's hard to say for sure. Right, but I mean, like, but any of the ones you go listen to again, his 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 website. If you haven't visited it before, and his podcasts are great. Um, I've done other pieces with Ron that you can find on this channel that are are very good. Um, and uh, Ron, you know, thank you for joining. What do you, what do you got yeah. going on? Anything that uh, you want to share or anything coming up or? Oh, nothing that really stands out at the moment. Just okay. kind of doing the day to day. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, you guys, we were just coming on here to, I, I feel like this is a jumping off piece. Now let's revisit it in a month or two and see where all this stuff lands and compare it to this piece. <laughs> you know, because here we are yeah. spelling out what the news is saying. But now let's see what really happens. Right. Because the rule change goes into a place in how many days in April? So in four in 14 days, in exactly two weeks, the rule change goes into place federally, national. Um, what the states will do with it, I don't know. What the federal government will do with it, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of different, I mean, if you Google it, if you Google Department of Labor rule change, you're going to find lots of different stories that are going to send you down rabbit holes that all tell a different tale. Um, but there's kind of a general theme about it that you will get, understand if you already don't know about it. So DOL rule change um, that Google should bring it up and you guys can find tons of articles or you can go to rideshowrodeo.com. I'm sure Ron has some up. And, um, but we're going to sign off for today and I appreciate you guys. We're, I just was getting on here to brainstorm with Ron and use this as a piece for in about two months when states literally start having some changes to revisit this and and see what we were talking about. And in the meantime, you guys, uh, please, again, fact check everything. Creators on any space, podcasters, YouTubers, anything. You guys, you need to say in your opinion, and you need to source things when you're talking about them in your show notes. 
I do, maybe I have it a little easier and so does Ron because we both have websites. So anything I talk about is sourced on my website, you know, and I can, I can move those over easy to the show notes too, but it's a lot easier when you're running a news website. So, but there's too many people out there talking factual who have a lot of people who listen to them and, um, or, or not a lot, but some, it, it, all it takes is one person who listens and believes you. And you need to take into account that even that one person or a hundred or 5,000 or whatever it is that are watching you, you're responsible for making sure you're not just speaking, sounding factual and, and not being factual in my opinion. And I, I, it's, it's concerning to me because I see a lot of people doing it. So just please, even your favorite people, your favorite creators, your favorite channels, fact check them. And I'm not, it's not on anybody. Just make sure that they're, suggest nicely to them that they use, that they provide links for facts when they're stating them. Um, because don't just believe everything you hear. It's not like YouTube is, is that much better than the dirty media sometimes. It's, you know, there's a lot of crap out here too. So there's a um, lot of. <laughs> Um, but that said, thank you, Ron. And uh, and what is today? Oh, tomorrow you can uh, catch um, Holly and I doing an, on Holly uh, Savvy Shoppers channel. Um, we have Matthew Tellus, uh, the grocery guy. Uh, we're going to be talking about dumpling uh, versus Instacart. And that's always fun when we have Matthew on because he's, I know you know him from Twitter, Ron. Ron uh, Matthew is, is quite a character. I love talking to Matt. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, so check out Holly. That's to 4 p.m. tomorrow Eastern. And until then, you guys, tomorrow is the last day. Taxes. I'm not going to say anything. Just taxes. If you haven't filed, if you haven't done your taxes, if you haven't sat down, my guess is you're not doing them. File for the extension today, right now. IRS.gov. That said, uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow. And then I'll see you on the last mile on Wednesday. And Ron, I will uh, see you shortly. All righty. Till then, everybody, have a great day.